0: Our scripture passage today tells of Luke's account of Jesus' baptism. It's from the third chapter, verses 21 and 22. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With, who, with you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Let us be in the spirit of prayer. Holy God, We inch forward, hoping to hear a word for our lives. Give us grace, grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which can be changed, and the wisdom, your holy wisdom, to distinguish the one from the other. Amen. Years ago, I had a friend, an atheist friend, who was really bothered and struggling when his wife asked to have their baby baptized. And he came to me and said, how can Christians believe that babies are born with sin? My baby girl is as innocent as she'll ever be. I was taken aback because his beliefs, even as an atheist, came from the traditional view that baptism, it eliminates and cleanses its candidates from original sin. And this understanding of baptism is not unusual. And while many mainline Christians no longer believe this view, most of us can't articulate what baptism is instead. This isn't to say that progressive Christians don't believe in baptism, whatever that means, or that we don't have our children baptized. But if you ask most mainline Christians today why it is that we baptize babies, most of us would likely have no idea. As opposed to evangelicals who can easily defend believer baptism. And so that makes today a nice little opportunity to teach about this central element, this central tenant of our faith. In the United Church of Christ, baptism and Holy Communion are the two sacraments that we celebrate. This is because as Christians, or more accurately as little Christs, we want to do the things that Jesus did. Whether it is baptism, or feeding the hungry, forgiving sins, or bread and wine taken at the table. Like many Christians worldwide, we believe that the sacraments are an outward sign of an inward grace. The outward signs being water, bread, and wine, and the inward grace being the unearned, ridiculous love of God. And while God's grace is always available, we humans tend to forget So we jog our memories through these embodied rituals. These sacred rituals deepen our conscious contact with God where words just cannot satisfy. You see, if words were enough, we would just sit around and talk about God's grace. But instead, we engage in sacred rituals that go beyond words. The sacraments connect the wisdoms of the head, the heart, and our bodies. The Christian sacraments, however, come with a lot of baggage. Both baptism and Holy Communion have a long history of restriction, discrimination, and punishment. And for this very reason, we cannot just proclaim what we don't believe about baptism. It is important for us to heal this history by reclaiming what we do believe. We can interpret these powerful rituals in liberating ways while holding the integrity of the rituals intact. We can offer new language regarding the sacraments in order for all people to be in relationship with God. And one way to do this is to look at Jesus' baptism in Scripture. In these two little verses found in the Gospel of Luke, we find two things. One, baptism is about belonging. And two, baptism forms identity. The first thing we hear is that all the people there were baptized. And so in this text, there is a community that is gathered We baptize people into Christian belonging, meaning that every person that has ever been baptized is now considered your sibling. So one of the questions that we ask in baptism is if you wish to become a part of the faith and family of Jesus Christ. So not only do you become a sibling of every Christian worldwide, you become Jesus' brother or sister. And we understand that being a little Christ isn't easy. And so the religious community witnesses the sacrament and makes promises to support the candidate in Christian faith. We belong to one another on this Christian journey. But there's more to it than belonging to a group of people. Notice, interestingly enough, that in Luke's gospel... John the Baptist does not actually baptize Jesus. John is nowhere to be found, and this is because in the two verses immediately before this one, we learn that John has been imprisoned by Herod. John is in jail. And so who's doing the baptizing in Luke's gospel? It's the Holy Spirit. We learn that baptism is fully God's work. So before baptism became the ritual it is now, it was first an epiphany, an appearance of God. It was God ripping apart all of that which we thought could separate us from God. So it doesn't matter if we fall short because nothing we do or fail to do can remove this gift. Our relationship with God is the only relationship that we can't screw up, precisely because we actually didn't establish it. We can neglect this relationship, we can deny it, we can run from it, ignore it, but we can't destroy it, for God loves us too deeply and completely to ever let us go. When so many of our relationships are so fragile or tattered, It may come as good news that this primary relationship remains solid, intact, no matter what we do. In fact, trusting that this relationship is in God's hands, we become free to give ourselves to other important relationships in our lives. According to Brené Brown's research, human beings are neurologically hardwired for connection and belonging. She writes that we are so desperate for belonging that, quote, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. She continues, what I love the most about true belonging is when we really belong, we're never asked to change who we authentically are. It demands that we be who we are. True belonging forms our identity. It can bring a sense of perspective, meaning, and purpose to our lives. The voice from heaven addresses Jesus directly. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Baptism teaches us who we are. And we live in a time when we change jobs with frequency. Most of us have had multiple residences throughout our lives rather than living in a single community, and fewer and fewer of our families remain intact. These are elements of identity formation and construction, and they are diminishing. And so we have this craving to figure out who am I? And in response to this craving, baptism reminds us that who we are is in relation to whose we are. We are first and foremost God's beloved children. We belong to God's family, and baptism is a tangible sign of that. Unlike the, this is my son, found in the Gospel of Matthew, the power in Luke's version is found in the second person singular of Jesus you are my son. As in, you are my child. You are my beloved. As in, you matter. As in, I see you. As in, I am paying attention to you. I don't claim many absolutes about my faith, but this one I can hang my hat on. God's words to Jesus at his baptism are the concentrated distillate of the entire gospel. You are God's beloved. With you, God is well pleased. It's another way to say, be who you are. Fly your freak flag. Don't let anyone tell you that you are less than. Don't let a jaded world tell you any differently. I love you. I love you just as you are. But for whatever reason, humans just cannot take this in. It's just too unbelievable. It's too foreign. After all, it's not how we love. We have limits and conditions and boundaries to our love. So, how can we be so loved without having to do anything to earn it? So, we Christians have created all these rules and barriers and obstacles around it. But baptism is not a get-out-of-hell-free card. (laughs) It's not a ticket to heaven or a pass to the next level. When baptism becomes this transaction, this for that, it loses all its power. Baptism transforms us through an abiding, ongoing relationship it is about recognizing and celebrating that we are all connected to each other by a power greater than ourselves that connection is grounded in love and compassion not transaction and judgment our world needs more epiphanies epiphanies about our identity and our belonging and so this is why we baptize babies It is truly the most radical theology on grace that we as progressive Christians can claim for ourselves. Before their personalities are formed, before they can hustle for their worthiness, before they can say the right words to gain approval and to fit in, before their sexual orientation or gender identity are discovered, these vulnerable little babies are drenched in divine grace and in witnessing that the rest of us remember that we are too living out our baptism in the world means that we are committed to our identity and our belonging the baptized are so grateful for the news of their own belovedness and belonging that they want others to have it too Therefore, the baptized tear apart the restrictions that keep God from those whom God loves. The baptized bulldoze the walls that inhibit others from experiencing God's grace. The baptized shred the false constructions that determine who is saved and who is not. The world needs more embodied epiphanies, epiphanies like you, people who are ready to take on the joy and the responsibility of their baptism. So I'm wondering today how it is that we can hear Christ's call to pay attention to our identity and belonging, to just play in the waters of the world with Jesus, to be washed, not because we are so horrible or dirty or nasty, but because we are so loved and wanted and valued. That God again and again desires to drench us in extravagant love. This love is the very foundation of our lives, for our faith, for our relationships, for our relationships with God and with one another. And so may we pay attention and commit ourselves to live as baptized people today and every day. Maybe so. Amen.